Welcome to part one of Health System CIO's interview with Daniel Barchi, CIO at New York Presbyterian. In this segment, Barchi talks about how his organization was able to stay on track with its EHR implementation strategy, despite how hard New York City was hit by the pandemic, and why he believes transitioning to remote work actually helped improve efficiency. As much as 80% of patient information is unstructured and stored outside of an EMR, Highland Healthcare helps complete the patient record by consolidating and connecting this unstructured content to core clinical systems. With a full suite of content services and enterprise imaging solutions, Highland gives clinicians a single view of all documents and medical images associated with the patient via the EMR, enabling more informed health decisions and improving patient outcomes. Highland Healthcare. See your whole patient. Visit highlandhealthcare.com to learn more. Just for starters, being in New Jersey, I'm really close to what's happening in New York. But, but in terms of the status now, there really has been um, a pretty dramatic decrease in COVID cases, correct? There has. We're averaging less than 1% positivity rate in testing and have been at or below 1% for quite a while now. So I think that while we went through the worst of it in uh, March and April, I think that New York as a whole is managing COVID well. Right. It's been so interesting because early on, I remember having conversations with CIOs in California who at one point appeared to have really done an effective job at then dealing with, with resurgences. So I'm sure that that's at the forefront of everyone's mind, just not wanting to think that you're too far ahead of this thing. Well, I think we're very happy with where we are. We certainly don't want to uh, take our eyes off of the need to be very careful. And I think that's guarding everything that both health systems and the government are doing in the state of New York. Right. Now, in terms of how the pandemic has altered your strategy, I know that you've had some similar experiences with other organizations, but what would you say were really some of the most significant changes that you made? Well, certainly from an institution point of view, New York Presbyterian has been operating in an incident command center mode to make sure that we manage all 10 campuses and work well with Columbia doctors and Wild Cornell Medicine so we have a coordinated response. We certainly focus on the most important aspects of clinical care and been thoughtful about shorter and longer-term projects and what gets prioritized. Now, I am proud that even in the midst of all of this, we had this successful um, epic go-live at Columbia right before COVID hit in uh, February. And in, um, at the beginning of August, we opened the new Alexandra Cohen Center for Women and Children, the first new birthing center, uh, the first new hospital in New York in quite some time. And that was enormously successful and has been a great asset for mothers and newborns. And so I'm proud that uh, our operations team was able to do that, plan, execute on time, even in the midst of all of this. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's definitely impressive. And was it new construction? Yes. Just for your background, uh, we broke ground on the David H. Koch Center in 2014, and we opened the David H. Koch Ambulatory Surgery Center in 2019, which was the first 10 or so floors of the building. 
And then um, we just opened the Alexander Cohen Women and Children's Hospital, which is the top five floors of the same building. So we had already um, built shell space for, uh, on top of this new building for it to go in. It's a beautiful building, and now it's entirely open. Okay. And as far as what that took to, to be able to, to do this on time, what were really some of the challenges, or what was the, the strategy, I should say, for being able to do that? That's, that's pretty impressive. I credit it to the, uh, the leadership team that was able to balance all the clinical response to handle the COVID surge and care for our patients safely, and at the same time, prepare for this major opening and make sure that that happens safely. And um, then on August 2nd, to safely transport more than 75 mothers and newborns across from uh, Wild Cornell Medical Center to the new Alexander Cohen Women and Children's Hospital in one coordinated effort. So I think it's a testament to the ability to plan and execute that health systems in the United States are demonstrating every day in the midst of this crisis. Yeah. And in terms of the Epic Go Live at Columbia, you said that that was in February. How was that affected just as far as the adjustments that had to be made or, or even um, any kind of uh, post-Go Live assessments? Because the pandemic hit, we turned our attention quickly from implementation to using the system. We would have focused more on optimization, but we were quickly forced to use Epic as the fully integrated EMR, both for operations and to get data out of the system. But it also pointed out the value of having an integrated EMR such that our next go-live was planned for late October of this year. And we had a choice whether to uh, forego the implementation altogether on the second of our four implementations or push it off. And instead, we decided to move it up. So we're actually mm-hmm. going to go live about four weeks early to get the benefits of the integrated EMR at our Wild Cornell Medical Center, and then we'll move on to our final two go-lives. So even as things have been very busy and we've been focusing on patient care, we accelerated an implementation just because of the um, value of the integrated EMR. Right. Can you talk about kind of what made that possible? I'm sure that there were a lot of factors, but just being able to pivot like that. To be really frank, what made it possible is the outstanding people of New York Presbyterian and Wild Cornell and Columbia Doctors. We have an outstanding Epic Together team, and it's uh, about 300 people made up of uh, individuals from our three organizations. And that Epic Together team is the one that both made our first Go Live go so well and was able to support the um, COVID surge and was able to accelerate the second major go-live of more than 15,000 people and make it possible four weeks early. So I credit it to the talented people that are doing this work day in and day out. Right. And the the go-live that was four weeks early, that is Real Cornell? It is. It's Wild Cornell Medical Center. It's our Westchester Behavioral Health Center and our Lower Manhattan Hospital, and Wild Cornell Medicine. Okay. Okay, and then you mentioned there were two other go-lives planned. Yes, in 2021, we'll go live mid-year with New York Presbyterian Queens and New York Presbyterian Lawrence Hospital, 
And then towards the end of 2021, we'll go live with New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital and New York Presbyterian Hudson Valley Hospital. Okay. And I would imagine that there really there is a pretty effective blueprint as far as those go lives, and not just an implementation, but implementing you know when you do have all these other concerns and dealing with a, a pandemic. Yes, uh, our first priority, of course, is patient care and the safety of our patients and our staff. And thereafter, it's becoming an efficient, high-quality major medical center. And the technology and the analytics and the tools that our doctors and nurses have are important to making that happen. Right, right, of course. And when you talk about the Epic Together team, were there challenges as far as a lot of the people going to remote, or was it something where kind of the, that infrastructure was already in place and they were able to, to keep going? You know, um, as the pandemic hit, we sent as many of our back office teams as possible home so that uh, they wouldn't be in our clinical and operational spaces. And that those teams have done remarkably well uh, maintaining the efficiency of their roles in finance and HR and IT. And in fact, what we've seen on our Epic Together team is our second go live is going smoothly. And in some ways, especially testing, we've found that being remote makes it easier to do integrated testing because instead of moving everybody from their desks into a conference room to do testing together, they're remaining at their desks remote and working uh, on a uh, integrated shared virtual workspace. And so uh, the integrated testing, which lasts several weeks before the first go-live, took about the same time but was very smooth and straightforward for a second go-live. Okay. Had you had kind of a remote work policy before then where whether it was people had options or was it really just that big uh, adjustment that a lot of organizations had to make? We had some experience with remote work, and we had been having uh, some of our teams uh, remote working for several years, but it was not across the board. So the shift to having most of the back office staff work remotely was quite a jump. But uh, the team, the workers themselves handled it quite well, and I'm really proud of our IT team led by Leo Bowden, our chief technology officer, who made it happen almost overnight. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.